0: on the Fan Network. Today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On NBA Live Draft Show. NBA Draft GOAT, Chad Ford, Locked On NBA Draft host, Raphael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host, John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Bilt Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage this Thursday, July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. That's, of course, 6 p.m. Central. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a great weekend. Today, a, a lot to talk about. Uh, most of it, Juancho Hernan Gomez related, if you've uh, been paying attention. This happened, I guess, early in the weekend. So it's not the freshest of news, but I think it's really important to talk about um, is is what happened apparently and and what both sides are alleging in the Juancho Hernan Gomez um, situation Friday, Saturday, not being allowed to play in the Olympics. So I want to get into that kind of the apparent timeline of events, the initial reaction. Um, John Cousins gave The Athletic wrote a piece on Saturday in reaction to it. He's got a couple of interesting nuggets in there. So I want to cover that and then talk about the actual Olympics. As of this recording, Team USA lost to France. Uh, Josh Akogi and Nigeria lost their opening game, as did Leandro Bomaro and Argentina. And Ricky Rubio in Spain have yet to play. They're about to to, to tip off here. So um, I could talk, I could speak to the the three negative results over the weekend thus far and the performances of, of Timberwolves players uh, to this point in the Olympics. So we'll cover all that here today um, and that'll be the show. If you are uh, not already following or subscribed to this podcast, please do. You could do that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Of course, that includes Apple as well as Google, Spotify, and of course, the all new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B-Beacon with two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Okay, so as of Friday, and and I believe I talked about this on Friday's show. Maybe it was Thursday. Juancho Hernan Gomez had made something of a miraculous recovery. You may recall at this point, it was about two and a half weeks ago, almost three weeks ago, that he suffered a left shoulder injury injury. In a uh, an exhibition game, a, a tune-up game, I believe it was against France, over in Europe, and the initial reaction was this is serious. The Timberwolves even issued a statement saying that they would monitor his condition and they would evaluate him, etc. And then Dane Moore had reported that that Wancho's injury was potentially a grade four slash five shoulder injury, which is a serious separation. And not just a dislocation, but kind of, but likely a, a separation that could require surgery. If it requires surgery, it's a multi-month injury. It's not just a pop it back in and go situation. It's repairing of ligaments, et cetera. And, and um, my speculation based on, on the research done on any shoulder injury like that that requires surgery is he may not be ready until call it November. Maybe even December when he's ready to play if he actually required surgery. Now we never got that report from the Timberwolves or from Spain. This is based off of of what, you know, sources were telling media members about the injury. And then fast forward a couple of weeks, and, and early last week, the word was his condition was improving. He'd been in the United States with Spain. He traveled. Uh, Spain was coming to Las Vegas to play some exhibition games, including against Team USA. He was evaluated by Timberwolves doctors, and they were impressed with his progress. And the thought was, oh, he's going to travel with the team and, and support Spain and Tokyo, and maybe he'll be back this fall. Um, and he'll be in good shape to play the NBA season. He just will miss the Olympics. And then on Friday it came out, he was going to be on their roster. He was he was on their 12-man roster that was released Friday for the Olympics. He was, um, I guess it was late Thursday because I talked about it on Friday's show. And basically at the time, my take was, well, apparently the Timberwolves cleared him because he's on the roster and that bodes extremely well for his the prospects of him being available for the NBA season. And he was at opening ceremonies on Friday. The Timberwolves uh, team Twitter even posted a photo of of him with his brother at the opening ceremonies on Friday and all signs pointed to him suiting up for Spain this weekend and then on Saturday all of a sudden Spain announced that the Timberwolves were blocking him from participating they were replacing Juancho on the roster with another player and spit the the president of the Spanish Federation of Basketball came out and had some very strong words for Gerson Rosas and um That, of course, then prompted the Timberwolves to come out with the statement, um, I I guess, in response to to Spain's press conference that was held on on Saturday. So, and I'm going to read those quotes here in a minute because they're very, very strong coming from Spain towards the Timberwolves. And then it's literally a he said, he said situation at this point between the president of basketball in Spain and Rosas, of course, the president of basketball operations for the Timberwolves. So... Not not a good look for anybody. Um, So what I want to do here is I'll read the quotes and then I'll kind of give my take on it and and then add some of John Krasinski's reporting at The Athletic as well. So Jorge Garbajosa is the Spanish Basketball Federation president. He held a press conference in Tokyo early Saturday, I guess, is when this all came out here stateside. And he says, Juancho won't be able to play as part of the press conference. He says, we've had countless medical meetings and we've never received a no. We have received a yes. We don't have a problem with the Minnesota Timberwolves or the NBA. It's a problem of people, not medical personnel, who have personally decided that Juancho couldn't play. I'm talking about their president of basketball operations. Um, oh, by the way, this is on eurohoops.net, has uh, basically transcribed several quotes from the press conference. Um, and then they, they kind of give the story of what happened. And even five days ago, Spain said the cooperation with the Timberwolves has been great. And then here's Garba Host again. He says, in five days in Las Vegas, no doctor traveled to see the player. There's only a remote meeting with the site, uh, a physician. Physiotherapist who asked Juancho Hernan Gomez for tests and ends up congratulating him on his recovery four hours before the game against USA. This would have been last Sunday. There was a meeting between the doctors of the national team and the doctors of the Timberwolves franchise who congratulated Juancho and the national team on his recovery. The answer about whether Juancho could play was a yes and that the next evaluation will be after the Olympics. From that moment until Minnesota told us he won't play, there was a series of facts that showed that the decision isn't of medical nature. Even the Timberwolves coach congratulated Juancho for being in Tokyo, no one doubted that he could play. Uh, side note, John Krasinski says in his article in The Athletic that the congratulations from Timberwolves coach Chris Finch was via text message to Juancho telling him congrats that you're able to play, basically. Um, it then talks about the photo that the Timberwolves posted on Twitter of of uh, Willie Hernan Gomez and Juancho Hernan Gomez together during the Parade of Nations on Friday Then Garbahosa says, "Quote: If the change of opinion had to do with a relapse or a physical problem on Juancho, we could understand it. I understand that for the doctors to change their mind, they will have to see or examine the player. Something that hasn't happened. It's surreal. Minnesota gives us a reason that their doctors have never given the okay. There were six people from the national team in that meeting who testified that they clearly gave the yes. In the 21st century, with six people who speak English perfectly, it's incomprehensible to give that reason. If they hadn't given a yes." Scariolo, who's their coach, would never have said he thanks the Timberwolves for everything that happened. If they hadn't said yes, the player would have never traveled to Tokyo. So that's uh, uh, stinging, I guess, would be a good way to say it. And then Gerson Rosas' response in a prepared statement on Saturday was I'll read his statement. Um, "Quote: We support our international players' decisions to play with their national teams and appreciate the passion of Juancho and the Spanish Federation to represent their country. Unfortunately, we are dealing with an active injury. Based on our team physician's recommendation, Juancho needs time to recover from and rehabilitate his injury, and that timeline restricts Juancho's availability to participate in the Tokyo Olympics. The determined recovery plan is the best path forward to allow Juancho to heal properly. So, Very much, as I said a minute ago, a he said, he said situation. I want to get a little bit more into John Krasinski's reporting and then um, kind of give my take on where this sits here uh, next segment. So that's coming up next. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Bill Barr, who's presenting the NBA Live Draft Show on Thursday night on the Lockdown Network. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. It's fantastic. It tastes exactly like a candy bar. Um, It does not taste like what a traditional protein bar, what, what you think it might taste like. There's many fantastic flavors. Raspberry, mint, brownie, cookies, and cream is one of my very favorites. You can get a mixed box right now. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors available at Built Bar. And check out the macros in these. They're legit healthy in addition to being delicious. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from just 130 to just 180 calories per bar. Only four to five grams of sugar and only four or five grams net carbs. Every single flavor is tasty and healthy. Order today. It's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is cool. We're in the Olympics now. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to built.com. Use the promo code lock 15 You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. All right. so the way that the timeline of events went down with Juancho and the Timberwolves does not look good. Um, it, it's it is, and and I you know I guess using the same word that Garbajosa used from the Spanish, the president of the Spanish Federation of Basketball, it is kind of incomprehensible that there could be this poor of a, a or this major of a miscommunication over the course of really a week because it sounds like according to Garbajosa, last Sunday prior to Spain and USA playing an exhibition game in Las Vegas, there was. It sounds like a virtual meeting. He says the Timberwolves never came in person to Vegas. They only met virtually. And he does not say whether or not Wancho was ever in Minnesota, but it makes it sound like he hasn't been. And it was really just kind of Spain passing on medical reports. The Wolves evaluated him virtually, which would be a bit of a surprise if they really never went and saw him in person um, for them to A, approve that he plays or B, tell them he can't play Um, because either one of those would seem to be difficult things to uh, to co- you know difficult conclusions to reach without evaluating him in person. Now we don't know for a fact that they didn't, but according to Spain, they only met with him virtually in Vegas, and we don't have any knowledge of of Juanjo going to the Twin Cities to be evaluated in person by the Wolves. Um, and maybe he did early on in the process before they went to Vegas, but we don't we don't know that. So if nothing else, it's it's pretty again using the word incomprehensible that they could miscommunicate this badly on one side saying Juancho's approved to play one side saying he was never approved to play certainly if the Timberwolves had positive meetings whether it was virtual or not and Chris Finch texted congratulations now it's not Chris Finch's decision whether or not Juancho plays so i you know i'm not, i'm not suggesting that Finch himself approved um, especially according to John Krasinski's information that he just texted. Congratulations. I mean, Finch probably, I mean, I'm sure he talked about it with, with the front office, I would think, right. Um, Or if nothing else saw the, you know, all the reporting that we all did that that Wancho was going to play. But that's another example of what was the disconnect between, you know, if Rosas didn't talk to Finch or did Rosas change his mind at the 11th hour, which is more and more what this is looking like. Um, It doesn't sound like that virtual meeting was with, Was with Rosas. It sounds like it was only with the doctors. Um, And over the course of the week, apparently, the Timberwolves changed their mind. The timing seems to have really frustrated everybody, and that makes sense. Um, You know, when I first saw this, I thought, okay, so the Timberwolves probably said he was good to go. And then late in the week, Friday or Saturday, Rosas started to think, hey, we shouldn't let this happen. What if he re-injures? Maybe, and this is speculation. Maybe he's had trade conversations. I mean, there is a comment that's made by Garbajosa over the course of his press conference where he says that it, it clearly wasn't medical. I'm going to find the exact. Oh yeah, um, this is pulled from one of Garbajosa's quote. He's it says from the moment that Minnesota, or sorry, from the moment until Minnesota told us that he won't play, there was a series of facts that showed that the decision isn't of medical nature. Now, he's, the series of facts he's referring to was the the yeses, allegedly, from the Wolves medical staff, the congratulations text from Finch, the Timberwolves Twitter account sharing uh, both media day and opening ceremony photos of Wancho on Twitter. So that's what he means by the series of facts, but he's implying it isn't a medical nature. I I mean, unless he's suggesting there's a personal vendetta, in my mind, my mind goes to, oh, trade talks, you know, and, and on the one hand, though, I guess- it would be better to show he's fully healthy by showing him active in the Olympics. Um, so maybe that would have been the better thing if there was actually a trade that was, that was close with Wancho or if this was just like a last minute, you know what, if it's not a hundred percent, if the medical staff tells me he's good, we'd let him play for our team type of a thing that seemed, you know, that type of a communication like, Oh, if, if this were NBA season, we'd clear him to play, but he's not a hundred percent. Well, I understand why the wolves want, wouldn't want him to play in Spain. But why didn't they tell him that on Sunday or Monday and instead waiting until essentially, I mean, apparently until he was in Tokyo? It sounds like now they're going to he's going to leave Tokyo since he's not playing and he's not he's going to head back to Spain. Um, So the timing is certainly questionable at best. And we don't know all the details. We don't know when everything came to light. We don't know if Rosas was somehow out of the loop, which wouldn't make any sense. But. You know what changed in the latter part of the week that made this decision change, um, and clearly on on some level it did. Uh, so John Krasinski at the Athletic had a great piece as he always does, and he kind of dove into this. He gave his own thoughts, um, which are not too dissimilar from mine. He includes a lot of the same the quotes from Garbahosa uh, from the same place that I got them from Eurohoops, and then he includes the statement from the Timberwolves. The the bits that were that were reported by Krasinski that aren't you know, out there already are. He mentions that league sources said it was believed that Hernan Gomez would need four to six weeks to recover from his shoulder injury. Meaning he would not be available to play until the medal round at the earliest. So, I mean that, well, and then following that, he says the timeline caused the Timberwolves to believe that the Olympics was out of the question. So he's basically saying the Wolves just assumed he's not going to be able to play in the Olympics. And then were surprised that he was on the roster. Now, uh John also mentions that Spain had started posting on social media videos of him working out and talking about he how he was recovering etc and apparently the Tibbles were still blindsided by the fact he was on the roster um the the only other, I guess, new information that, that that is in here is that the Timberwolves are maintaining that Hernan Gomez was not cleared to travel to Tokyo and they wanted to see him in Minnesota. And basically that the perspective from the Wolves is that the doctors and medical staff were saying, oh, we're happy with his recovery. It seems to be going well. But they never said, yes, he could play in the Olympics. They just assumed he wouldn't be played in the Olympics because of of the nature of the injury and et cetera. And so the Wolves, it sounds like never said yay or nay. They just said we're glad this is going smoothly. And that was kind of the the extent of it. And instead of him going from Vegas to Spain or excuse me, Vegas to Tokyo, they were expecting him to go from Vegas to the twin cities for an additional evaluation. Um, and then of course the Wolves social media team posting about it didn't help either. And it's certainly not their fault because they were just celebrating a player that's on the roster and, and, my guess is that there wasn't communication directly from the basketball operations department that said don't post about Juancho. So that, to me, is not like an official endorsement. And and but Spain is seeing it as that, and I, I guess I understand I understand it from their perspective as well. And then on Friday, when Hernan Gomez found out he was not going to be allowed to play, probably shortly after the opening ceremonies. John Krasinski says, sources even said that uh, Juancho looked for ways to go around Rosas for a different outcome, but was unsuccessful. So he was trying to see if he could basically challenge them saying he couldn't play. And now w- there's just a weird, like, how do how does this happen? How do the Timberwolves let this happen? Because all the way around, it's a really bad look. I mean, obviously, Juancho's a member of the team and he should be treated with respect and the Timberwolves should avoid, you know, jerking around their employees and, and that should go without saying. And I'm not saying that they are intentionally doing that. I'm just saying that the way it went down is it certainly sounds like that's what happened. And then you add in the layer where he's he's got two years left on his deal, the second's a team option or the final year of the contract's a team option. So he's ex- essentially on an expiring deal now and very well could be included in trades. And now they've got this weird situation where they've got to prove his medical um, situation. If he ends up still on the roster in the fall, it's gonna be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, at least between he and the front office and then add in the other layer um, and beyond Wancho, but Ricky Rubio too. Now he's also somebody who could be traded. They both could be traded this offseason because of their contract situations, both essentially being on expiring deals and, and being kind of, you know, neither one is likely to be a starter if the season starts today, but Ricky's got a year left on his deal. And you could bet that Ricky and Wancho have talked about this. You could bet the entire Spanish basketball team is unhappy. You've got the Gasol brothers there. You've got plenty of other NBA connections. Not that that really matters, but it's still not a great look if there's multiple players with many NBA uh, connections involved. And they're all going to side with Wancho almost certainly based on the information that Spain has and the way that the Spanish Federation president was talking, uh, the president of basketball was talking about the situation. What's that first conversation gonna look like between Rosas and Ricky Rubio and Rosas and Wacho Hernan Gomez? It's not a good look all the way around. And it sounds like it was apparently a case of miscommunication, but both sides very much believe differently about what happened. And there's really no way to unwind this. Um, the Timberwolves just don't look good in this situation, even if it was an honest miscommunication, it was it was botched and it was bungled and and now the wolves are again you know, left looking like the bad guys in this situation. You got to feel for Wancho, it's not his fault. He was recovering on his timeline as best he could to be ready to play for his country. And, you know, he's a competitor and he wanted to represent his country. He wanted to get back out on the floor. And, you know, none of this is his fault. Uh, So you feel bad for him as well. But that's where we sit here as of uh, Monday morning and Spain's about to play, or they are playing now against uh, Tokyo, against Japan in Tokyo as of this recording. So we'll see how that shakes out. Of course, Ricky's still playing for Spain. Um, next up, I want to talk about the other Timberwolves players at the Olympics and uh, Team USA as well. So we'll get to all that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, let's talk about our great friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. It's well over half over now. The trade deadline's... Um, in less than a week, you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for a fifty. Percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Basketball at the Tokyo Olympics kicked off over the weekend. The first Timberwolves player in action was Josh Akogi, and that was Saturday. When Nigeria took on Australia, I watched the first part of this game. I didn't see the whole thing, but the first half um, was close. Nigeria was, I think they were down three at halftime, but it was tied after the first quarter. Akogi was running a lot of Nigeria's offense again. Of course, he starts for them and basically plays a a decent amount of minutes functioning as a point guard. Um, But Australia, of course, was the favorites in this game and pulled away late, especially in the fourth quarter. They were up six going to the fourth and uh, ended up winning by what did they win by 17? 84 to 67 was the final score. Uh, Patty Mills had 20 and six assists for Australia. Uh, Matisse Theibel also was fantastic, 19 points for him. Joe Ingles had 11 in the starting lineup for uh, for Australia. Joshua Kogi started for Nigeria. As I mentioned, he ran a lot of their offense. He ended up with 11 points, three assists, and a couple of steals in this game, three of seven shooting. And he was 0 of two on threes, but But uh, overall shot three of seven, got to the free throw line, made all five of his free throw attempts and finished with 11 points, three assists, a couple of steals. He did have three turnovers, but he played uh, 23 minutes or so, which was fourth on the team in minutes played and is a big part of what they do. This was a disappointing outcome for a team that had played so well in the exhibition season. Um, it would have been great for them to at least hang a little bit closer. Of course, the way that this works is in pool play, the top two teams in each five or excuse me, each four team pool advance to the next round. Um, and so if Nigeria can pull off a couple of victories after this, then they will be okay. Um, but it's not, it's not going to be easy to do. Australia is very good, of course, and is one of the better teams in the tournament. Um, So a good outcome for Australia. Uh, Let's see, Nigeria's next in action. Um, Let me find when this is. Uh, The men's team from Nigeria's next in action on... It looks like in, uh, I don't know, in United States time, I guess, I don't I don't know what the time zones are doing here, but it would be late Tuesday, um, right before the Team USA takes on Iran. So their next in action against Germany right before the US plays late Tuesday is when it'll happen live, um, basically overnight, Tuesday to Wednesday. Uh, then Team USA played on Sunday morning. That was a 7 a.m. Central time tip against France. And this was a game that Team USA, I mean, just like every game, right? They should have won. Obviously, France is, is solid. Um, they've got Rudy Gobert. They're, they're a solid team. But TBSA was up seven late in this game with just two and a half, three minutes to play and then just went completely cold from the field and was unable, and this wasn't necessarily just a problem down the stretch, but overall in this game, the lack of size for Team USA really hurt them. Obviously, Rudy Gobert playing for France, he's one of only a couple of current NBA players on the roster. Well, I guess they've got more than that. They've got Evan Fournier, they've got Nicholas Batum. Um, but this, I mean, Rudy Gobert, his line wasn't that impressive, fourteen and nine. But he was able to continuously get fouled. There's just kind of this void in the in the uh, the Timberwolves Team USA's defense without having enough size. I mean, they've got Bam Adebayo certainly, um, and. Draymond Green to an extent, but that's really it. I mean, they don't have any other... I mean, JaVel McGee is kind of a friend. You know, he barely played in this game, and he wasn't expected to be on the team. So there's just a, a complete lack of size for Team USA. And France and Gobert took advantage of that. And um, their offense wasn't comfortable. I mean, Team USA was was is certainly not... And, of course, this is the first game Chris Middleton just showed up, uh, you know, from the Olympics. Same with, um, same with Drew Holiday and Devin Booker and those guys didn't probably play the same amount of minutes that they typically would Holiday ended up playing 28 minutes and was huge down the stretch ended up leading the team with 18 points nobody else had more than 12 in this game Durant was limited by foul trouble he had he ended up falling out in this game had only 10 points on 4 of 12 shooting in 21 minutes Damian Lillard struggled 3 of 10 shooting 11 points so holiday was the leading scorer um Devin Booker was ineffective in 18 minutes, shot one of six, uh, which is uh, unfortunately also how he kind of finished the finals off. Chris Middleton only played five minutes in this game. Um, now, of course, they were just playing in the finals like four days prior and, and flew all the way to Tokyo and haven't really done anything with Team USA. So kudos to them for getting there and for playing and, you know, being with the team. But um, it, it, this was this was uh, just a disappointing loss because of how they gave it away at the end. And it's, there was some overpassing from Team USA. They clearly weren't weren't quite in the same. You know, in an NBA game, these guys, when they get an open shot, they'll take it. But there's obviously this sense of, like, you know, I don't want to be the guy to take the shot when we're all the guy, right? They're all really good players. Now, it's not the same. It's not the typical Team USA in that, you know, Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard are the only, like, super, superstars. Jason Tatum, I guess you could include in that category. But it's a lot of really good NBA—and I guess Devin Booker now, too— But a lot of really good NBA players, and they're clearly not in the mindset of, okay, if I've got an open shot, I'm going to take it. They're just deferring to each other. And that was a problem in this game. Overall, Team USA shot the ball okay from the perimeter. They actually, essentially the same percentage as France. They made 10 10 threes, France made eight. The problem was in the paint. Again, um, that was mostly a function of of Rudy Gobert and France controlling the paint and Team USA being unable to do that. Overall, France shot 47% from the field and Team USA was just 36%. And that was all two-point shots that were the issue. Um, Team USA attempted two more two-point shots than France, and they made six fewer two-point shots. And France just closed this game on a big run. Um, Team USA didn't get a field goal in the final three and a half or so minutes of the game. So very disappointing result for Team USA. It's the first time they'd lost uh, in the Olympics since I believe it was 08 was the last time they lost. Um, And now they'll play Iran, and that is overnight Tuesday to Wednesday this week. And obviously, they can't afford to lose again. If they win the rest of their pool games, they'll be fine and should be be able to advance to the next round um, and ultimately compete for a medal. But there's no more margin for error, and that's that's scary. So they got Iran next. A couple days after that, um, then they'll take on uh, Czech Republic, another team that they should beat, and then we'll, their last game in pool play, or actually that will be their last game in pool play, so they just need to w- win their next two And they should be in good shape then moving forward. Um, But obviously, this opening performance for the Olympics did not inspire much confidence and certainly not the way they closed the game. So we'll keep tabs on that. Tuesday's show, we'll talk about how Ricky and Spain did um, in their opener, which is taking place as I record this against Japan. Um, So we'll talk about that on Tuesday's show. And also any other Timberwolves news that comes up. If you're not already following the podcast, please do. You can follow, subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course the all-new Odyssey app. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On T Wolves, and my account is at B Beacon with two B's, two E's, C K E N. We are still in in season slash uh, you know busy off season mode, so we've got five shows this week. And the draft, of course, is Thursday, plenty of Olympic basketball and all sorts of trade rumors flying around the NBA as well. So plenty to talk about all week, working on getting a couple additional guests on too. So be sure you're following and you're subscribed and you're all locked in, um, prepared for what could be a busy week, depending on what happens at the draft and on the trade market. Of course, Lockdown Wolves is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The Lockdown Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Today's episode was brought to us by the live NBA draft show on the Lockdown Network coming up later this week. Again, NBA Draft Goat Chad Ford, Lockdown NBA Draft host Raphael Barlow and Lockdown NBA host John Corrales will be live this year in studio covering the NBA Draft. It's Lockdown NBA Draft 2021 brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Lockdown NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th. That's this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. That's all we have for you today. Thanks once again for listening. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked on Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked on and Odyssey featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts, Brian Scalabrini and former general manager, Ryan McDonough. It's the perfect way to get ready for the NBA draft. Our locked-on NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y.